what success looks like to you in the long term. Does it look like you want to lose weight? Does it look like you want to gain muscle? Does it look like I don't care what the scale says? I just want to have energy again and I want to feel better. But the bigger overarching theme is repairing our relationships with food. Hey, welcome to the Next Step Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Fullerton. I'm a certified personal trainer, a registered nurse, and I am passionate about teaching people how to fit fitness into their busy lives. Bad crash diets, gimmicky fitness trends, and over-restriction are not welcome here. Instead, I am focused on helping you build fitness habits that are sustainable, realistic, and enjoyable. I want to help you take the next step towards your fitness goals. So let's get into it. Hey there, welcome to the Next Step Fitness Podcast. Today I have an interview for you. I have Krista Kuchenbecker of the KKMethod.com on the pod. We're talking about fad diets, how to identify what a fad diet is, what she recommends her clients do instead of fad diets, and ways to move forward if you've been on a cyclical pattern of fad diets in the past. So it's a great episode. We have a really fun conversation together. And Krista makes several really good points throughout the episode that I think you'll find very useful and helpful. Krista is a certified personal trainer and also a registered nurse like myself. And additionally, she is a specialist in sports nutrition. So she has a specialty in that nutrition piece. She offers comprehensive nutrition education to her one-on-one and group coaching clients. And she has graciously offered some free resources for the listeners of the Next Step Fitness podcast. So make sure you listen to the end of the episode to find out how you can score those free resources for yourself. Without further ado, let's dive into the interview. All right. So I have Krista Kuchenbecker here. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Krista. Welcome. Thanks for having me. All right. So before we dive into the subject today, which is fad diets, um, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and um, your, your expertise in this area? Absolutely. So uh, like Sarah, I'm also a registered nurse. Most of my uh, area of expertise with nursing has been in the ER or critical care. And Five years ago, I started getting really into fitness and this kind of just transformed and meshed really well with nursing. I started thinking and learning about fitness and healthy eating and really realizing that 90% of chronic diseases, right, stem from your lifestyle choices. And if I could get to people and change their lifestyle and change their choices, maybe I wouldn't have to see them in the ER. And so now my current area of specialty is really focused on nutrition, ditching all the fad diets, which is what we're going to talk about today, and really just learning the balanced eating, you know, really learn to live a healthy lifestyle, one that fuels your body with whole nutritious foods, but also leaves room for birthday cake and wine and pizza because what is life without those things, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I do. I love the whole concept of being on the preventative side, you know, Um, because I think you and I both have seen the, what happens on the other side. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that that's a great way to serve people in that way and help them figure it out in a way that works for them. Yeah. So let's go ahead and dive in. So we're, you know, a couple months into 2022, and this is the time of year when everybody is starting, you know, gung-ho on new goals and establishing, you know, new healthy routines for themselves. Mm -hmm. But sometimes, most of the time, I guess I I should say, the things that the media will 
uh, push at us or the things that are really encouraged in, you know, popular media, popular culture are what you and I like to call fad diets. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, in your opinion, what is what defines a fad diet and what should um, our listeners be looking out for when it comes to identifying whether something is a fad diet? Yeah. So it's so like, if you're in the health and fitness space, especially coaching, um, I just get so fired up about all of the like marketing scams and ploys and uh, just so much misinformation that's spreading out there about diet culture. You know, diet culture is already shoved down our throats from a very young age. It's everywhere. You need to be smaller. You need to be skinnier, all the things. And then just adding all these fad diets on top of it just really breeds this negativity in more forms than just your nutrition. Um, But so what I like to determine a fad diet, a fad diet is generally something that promises like really big results in a short amount of time. Um, Typically, they had to have like a rigid structure or rules during this time. So you can expand the definition. It doesn't necessarily have to be about food, but you'll see these like challenges pop up, challenges or, you know, I use that term loosely, but challenges pop up, you know, 21 days, 30 days, kind of like a short amount of time, which thankfully it's only a short amount of time. Um, But they'll either have you eliminate or restrict in one form, whether it's a certain food group, whether it's carbs or sugar or alcohol, or they'll put outrageous expectations about moving your body or drinking certain amounts of water or even making you buy certain supplements to go along with those things. Um, So I would say those are like the biggest red flags uh, that kind of stick out when I think of like fad diets. It's very interesting because what I'm hearing is you're, you see these rigid rules, you see Mm -hmm. this emphasis on big results in a short period of time, but that is, it's kind of a double-edged sword because that is what people find attractive. And that's what people, they look at that and they say, oh, I can do anything for 30 days, or I could do anything for 45, six, whatever the, whatever it Mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. And I think, I don't want to speak for you, but at least in my coaching experience, I see people on the other end of that after that time period ends or after that restriction ends, because it just was not sustainable. And I beat the drum of sustainability. I will beat that drum until my dying day because any sort of result that comes is not going to mean anything if it's not sustainable for you long-term and you is whoever that, whoever that is, whatever that means for you. Yeah. And so um, why do you feel that, Despite the fact, and, you know, we didn't really talk about this that much, but fad diets are very synonymous with either rebound weight gain or if weight loss was the goal or, you know, it's almost like a whiplash effect because they're so overly restrictive or because um, it's so rigid in its its ruling. So not not a high success rate with these types of um, nutrition plans. So why do you feel that people still... um, that they still remain kind of popular in uh, popular uh, culture. Yeah. So we could go about this one. Let's talk about why they're still popular. So I think that they're still popular because of the huge promise and a short amount of time. People think like I can do anything for a short amount of time. 
I can do anything for 21 days. I can do anything for 30 days. And I'm willing to risk whatever pain, discomfort, vulnerability, like I'm willing to be uncomfortable because it's a short amount of time and it's promising that I'm going to lose 30 pounds and I'm going to be, you know, smaller than I was in high school. Like I'm willing to do that for that piece of the puzzle. I think that's why they're still popular. People think they're going to be the exception, you know, and just like with any diet or any promotion, they're going to show the best, right? So they're going to show the people who did have massive transformations, but they don't show all the other people who can't. Results are not typical, right? The little asterisk on the bottom. (laughs) Yes. In very tiny print that you cannot read, you know, and talking about just diets in general, that's broadening this topic, you know, typically one of three things will happen with a diet or a meal plan or something that's very rigid. You either don't stick to it like you're not supposed to because, you know, we're humans and we have a life Um, or you follow it perfectly, but it becomes too strict for too long. Right. So say you did follow the plan perfectly for the 21 days, you lost the 50 pounds, but you want to keep that So you keep following it after the 21 days. And then, you know, that messes up your whole, like your self-worth It goes into a bigger tangent, but it becomes too strict for too long, or you follow the plan, but you don't really enjoy it. And at some point you want to enjoy your life. So then you stop following it. Right. So one of three things typically happens, which is why these fad diets are unsuccessful long-term. I really, I really think that it's important that we address the differences in, in why they fail because everybody's yeah. got a unique set of circumstances. Yes. And um, if I can say a little anecdote about myself, when I got really into fitness about two or three years ago, I was counting macros, very, mm-hmm. very strict with macro counting. And I had, I have young children and I went to a birthday party for um, one of my kids' schoolmates. And I had this moment where I was like, oh my God, like I can't eat the cake because it's just like not okay. And I thought to myself, this is crazy. Like, why am I doing this to myself? Mm -hmm. What is the point of all, you know? And so I was like, that was my red, my kind of red flag for myself. I was like, okay, like you said, it was too restrictive the way I was doing it. It did not serve me. Yes. And something that I really feel that people kind of miss the forest through the trees in a way is that this is not, you're not a slave to the routine, you know, like this is supposed to be for you Mm -hmm. and everybody's different. And if it's not Mm -hmm. working for you, that's not, you sent an email about this. I got this email that you were talking about that you sent out to your, your newsletter. You didn't fail. The diet failed or the nutrition plan failed. That that just wasn't the right fit for you. And I think a lot of people don't really, I don't know. I feel like they just don't, they don't get there. You know, they have a, it's like a disconnect almost. Do you find that with the clients that you help? Yes. Yes. And it's funny that you say that because, you know, there are, there is a place for diets, for meal plans. There is a place for those things. And when I say diet, and I think when you say diet, we think of it as the medical term, right? So there's regular diet, there's low fat, there's diabetic diet, cardiac diet. Mm -hmm. I think of diet in that term, meaning just the foods you eat, not necessarily I'm going on a diet, but there is a place for certain diets and to use them as a tool. You know, I personally use the macro approach with my clients 
as a tool with an asterisk and they all know that I want them to have the birthday cake. I want them to have the glass of wine at dinner. I want them to have those experiences that put them over their macros, but I want them to have those things. And I want them to have the flexibility to know I'm not, I'm not worrying about it today. I'm enjoying myself, you know? Yeah. Um, because I teach them as I use macros as a tool to teach them about balance and portion sizes and how to fit all the things that you love to fit into your day. Yeah. I I think that that's great. The thing that I feel that for my situation specifically that I think was not the best choice for me was that I was, I was only using one number. It wasn't like a range, you know what I mean? And if I didn't hit that exact number, then I was a failure. You know, Mm -hmm. that's kind of how I felt. And so I really, I, I utilize the same approach with my clients and with myself too. I still count Mm -hmm. macros, but it's a range. It's, it's knowledge and data that I can use to track progress. It's not this rigid, like we said, full circle back. It's not this rigid one number thing where it's either, yes, I succeeded or no, I failed. Yes. You know, that kind of thing. Absolutely. Um, so let's talk a little bit about if let's say, um, someone's listening right now that has tried a fad diet, has been cyclical dieter for many years Mm -hmm. and is just sick and tired of it and needs, um, needs, uh, more support and does not know where to start. What would you say to them? Oh man. So that's like my ideal client. (laughs) Um, so that is exactly my ideal client. And so I'll walk you through the process that I go with my clients because this is what I would recommend to anyone, client or non-client. This is how I would talk to you and guide you through the process. We would first start talking about everything that you have done to get up to this point and what you're looking for, like what success looks like to you in the long term. Does it look like um, you want to lose weight? Does it look like you want to gain muscle? Does it look like I don't care what the scale says. I just want to have energy again and I want to feel better. But the bigger overarching theme is repairing our relationships with food, repairing that confidence that has been beaten down because we failed at our diets over and over again, repairing all of that damage that we've done all those years for all of that time. And Really, that looks like me holding your hand, guiding you through that process, really teaching you about the foundation principles of nutrition, teaching you what a balanced meal looks like, teaching you what do you do when you go out to eat? How do you navigate in those waters? Um, the And then we talk more about habits and routines. Do you have a tendency when you're stressed to binge eat or drink alcohol or divulge in other unhealthy habits? Like you as an entire person, your whole life, your stress, your sleep, your health all plays into your diet or your nutrition. So it seems to me what I'm hearing is, is that you take a much more multifaceted approach and you kind of look at the whole picture, Mm -hmm. which I think um, is very important to do. And um, you're not going to get that by following a uh, nutrition plan. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of like a cookie cutter plan. Exactly. So talk to me a little bit about you are, um, correct me if I'm wrong, a certified nutrition coach. Is that um... specialist in sports nutrition is I think technically the name. Okay. Okay. So can you talk a little bit about the differences between those terms? Because I think a lot of um, 
listeners get a little confused in terms of like nutritionist or dietitian or mm. like what they can and cannot do. Yeah. In terms of support. Yeah. So a dietitian is like a registered dietitian. They are a medical professional. They are able to prescribe like very specific diets and very specific meal plans. And I, I have referred clients to dietitians who have um, either very interesting medical conditions, or if it's something um, outside the realm of my scope of practice, or if I feel like they are somebody who has like an eating disorder and, you know, there's a lot of things that me being a specialist in sports nutrition that I can't handle, but a medical professional could handle that. Me being a specialist in sports nutrition, I know how to tailor um, diets and I use the term meal plan very loosely, meal plans for athletes, for people who are working out, for people who want to see changes in performance. Um, But I'm also a registered nurse. So I use my nursing background and all the information that I have with that to also work in that aspect of health because there are things like bodybuilding, right? I had done bodybuilding. There are things like bodybuilding that are not healthy. And even if I took the healthiest approach possible, it's still not healthy, right? I still have to restrict calories for a very short amount of time. I still have to go under my beta-zone metabolic rate. There are things that you do to look a certain way, but it's not healthy. Right. And I think something that is a great asset that you can provide is that educational piece yes, and being absolutely. able to explain to your clients, like, this is why this is, this is, mm-hmm. um, I'm recommending it in this way. And, you know, you, you can't provide like strict meal plans like a dietitian could, but you can be part of that collaborative process, yeah. um, in that way for people, which I think is really mm-hmm. cool. Well, thank you for clarifying that because I think a lot of people, um, especially going back to the beginning of our conversation, there's lots of stuff online where people that are not qualified will provide meal plans, will provide those kinds of things that Ooh. don't have the credentialing to do so. Let's talk about that for a second. Okay. <laughs> so the I, regardless of who you trust with your nutrition, ask them what their certifying credentials are because there are lots of I'm trying to figure out how to say this without using the brand name. There are lots of quote unquote online coaches, health coaches out there that promote health and fitness programs that are not certified in any form and are just um, giving every person a cookie cutter meal plan. They are giving every person the same meal plan of 1200 calories, whether you are four foot five and 500 pounds or six foot one and 200 pounds. Like if you are short and fat or tall and skinny, you're all getting 1200 calories and this is what you should eat. And that is so far from the truth. It's true. It's very frustrating for me that, you know, like Krista said, she and I are both registered nurses. We're both certified personal trainers. We have, you know, credentialing in this, in this industry, the barrier for entry Mm. is very low. And it's not regulated. And anybody can open an Instagram account and call themselves a fitness professional. There's nothing that's keeping them from doing that. Mm -hmm. So I think what Krista is trying to say, and I definitely agree with her, is to be very mindful Mm -hmm. of who you get your advice from. Yeah. And don't be afraid to ask for the credentials. I love that. Yeah. I really, really like that a lot. 
So you said that most of the people that you work with, um, you work with on the nutrition side mm-hmm. of it. So what do you, what would you say is the biggest struggle that you kind of see, um, kind of any themes that you see, uh, with the clients that you work with? So the biggest themes that I see, um, I've recently started at like keto recovery is what I recently started calling it. Um, one of the biggest themes I see is I work with almost all women, but the biggest thing is reintroducing carbs into their diet because media and diet culture and everything has told us carbs are so bad. Keto is everywhere. Um, I, I even had a client tell me that she was afraid to eat potatoes and oatmeal. Like, Oh, wow. Those are nothing wrong with either one of those. Those are healthy foods. Um, but you should never be afraid using the word afraid when you're talking about food of any sort. So reintroducing carbs into their diet is definitely one big theme. The second big theme I would say is getting enough protein. I'm sure you see that with your clients. Um, And it's just one of those things. Protein is something that you have to be really intentional about and kind of think about ahead of time. And on that note, I don't want my clients guzzling protein shakes every day, you know? So there's a way to get protein in and to make sure you're getting enough protein without guzzling shakes and shakes and shakes like some other diets. So what I'm hearing is it's kind of more of you're providing the education Mm -hmm. and the tools for them to have autonomy over their own decision-making process. Having the knowledge is great, but also implementing it, you come Mm -hmm. alongside them and say, okay, how are we going to do this on a day-to-day basis? Mm -hmm. Like, how does this look like, what does this look like in your life? Yes. Am I getting, am I getting that? Yes. And that's exactly what I do. So I will, like, after we talk, I have them kind of take a food diary for like three to five days so I can see what they're eating, get a range of like the foods they like to eat, but also see how many calories and what types of foods they're eating. Then I will give them very, very specific examples based off of their um, history. Say, Hey, you really love to eat a um, English muffin with almond butter for breakfast with your coffee. I would love for you to have, add a source of protein. Do you like hard boiled eggs? Do you like yogurt? You know, do you want to try a protein shake? Do you want to add collagen into your coffee? Like those are three things that were in her diet elsewhere, but by having protein, carbs, and fat at every meal, it's going to help you feel fuller and longer, but keep your blood sugar normal, keep those spikes and lows from happening, but it's going to make you feel so much better. That's great. That's fantastic. So one of the things that um, Krista has done um, in her own business and with her clients is to kind of provide ideas about meal transformation. Yeah. And she's talked and she provides lots of different ideas on ways to integrate balanced nutrition recipes and those kinds of things. And so she has graciously offered to share one of her free resources with, um, with you guys, the listeners, and she has a free cookbook mm-hmm. um, that I will link to in the show notes of this episode. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So meal transformation is like the other thing that I get really excited about. So To keep it short and sweet, the process of meal transformation is like taking any recipe or um, meal that you love and finding ways to make it better, right? So making it better for you doesn't necessarily have to mean making it lower calorie. Sometimes making it better is upgrading the ingredients, right? One of the favorite things, changing chicken broth to chicken bone broth, right? You get so many more health benefits from bone broth. You get protein, but you also get all those healing properties that you are not going to taste any single difference, but it's going to be better for you. 
How can you add more veggies? How can you add more protein? We talked about protein being hard to get. Um, how can you upgrade the ingredients? Like those are the three big principles. Um, so everything in this cookbook, I've already taken through that process of meal transformation to making them whole complete meals for you. And it's not like crazy ingredients. You have to go to Whole Foods or Trader Joe's for because I don't have time for that. I don't live nearby either one of those things. And most people just want normal food. So um, most of the ingredients you can even find at like Aldi or Lidl or, you know, like the um, more inexpensive grocery stores. That's great. That's great. Yeah. So I'll definitely be linking to that so you guys can check that out. Yeah. Um, so just to kind of sum things up, I think if you're seeing something online or in your daily travels that promises a gigantic result in a short period of time and is overly restrictive or feels overly restrictive for you because yes. you have the ability to decide if that is if that feels right for you or not exactly then your fad diet red flag should be raised <laughs> flying the red flag yeah. right and um you know the things that Krista has um shared with us over the course of the episode in terms of finding ways to add in balanced nutrition in a way that feels right for you, transforming your meals in a way that serves you, mm -hmm. I think um, is a great way to start and a great way to provide sustainability over time. Yeah. So anything you'd like to add to close us off, Krista? No, I mean, I want to encourage everybody, you do have the knowledge within you and there's all kinds of free resources online. You just have to find the right mentors, but less is not always more in almost everything with health and fitness. Less is not always more. And um, like Sarah said, if it feels restrictive for you or if it doesn't fit into your lifestyle, it's not the right fit for you. There's lots of other ways to do things um, and just keep trying to find the one that you like and works best for you. Fantastic. If um, any of the listeners would like to connect with you online, how uh, would they reach out? So on Instagram, I am Krista.HealthCoach. Uh, my website is KKMethod.com. And on Facebook, I am at KKMethod. Wonderful. All right. So watch for that uh, free cookbook resource in the show notes of this episode. Thank you so much for joining us, Krista. I had a great time chatting with you. Thank you. All right. So that was the episode, the interview with Krista. I hope you enjoyed our conversation together. I always get a lot out of any time I spend uh, talking with Krista. She is incredibly passionate about nutrition. If you have any interest in learning a little bit more about the services that she offers, at the time of this recording, she's actually getting ready to open up her group coaching program called Health First. So if you're interested in learning more about Krista, the packages she offers, the services she offers, head on over to her website, kkmethod.com. That's K-K-M-E-T-H-O-D dot com. If you want to score the free cookbook that she mentioned during the episode, you can get that on my website, nextstepfitness.com forward slash 12. This is episode 12 of the podcast. So just head on over to nextstepfitness.com forward slash 12 to score that free cookbook. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and I'll catch you in the next episode. Hey there, thank you so much for listening to the Next Step Fitness podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure you subscribe. Ready to take the next step? Consider writing a review or sharing this podcast with a friend. I would love to hear from you. 
If you have any fitness or nutrition related questions, please send them to podcast at nextstepfitness.com. Remember, the next has no E. It's nxtstepfitness.com. You can find me on Instagram at Sarah C. Fullerton and on Facebook at Coach Sarah with Next Step Fitness. Remember to check out my website, nextstepfitness.com. There you can find the show notes for this episode, information on my one-on-one coaching programs, and additional bonus content. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll catch you in the next episode. Until then, remember, just focus on taking the next step, because that's what will lead to lasting success. Talk to you soon.